football tomorrow night at uh, 5 o'clock. The Eels and uh, the Sharks uh, play in the second round of the NRL. I'm delighted to say we have a regular uh, contributor to the show, uh, Josh Hannay, on the line, one of the Cronulla Sharks assistant coaches. How are you, Josh? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you guys? Oh, very well, thanks. You're happy the season is underway, Josh? I mean, obviously, uh, would have preferred a result last week, but uh, into the swing of things now? Yeah, really happy uh, the footy's back. Hey? I thought the, the opening round was... Um, I thought it was an interesting round. I thought it was, it was a... Um, if it's a pointer to the, the season ahead, I think it looks like it's going to be a fairly um, open yes. um, season, you know. I thought it was... I thought there was some high quality in round one. I thought some teams that weren't quite there last year showed some improvement and, and p- potentially... Um, you know, some of the teams that were at the pointy end last year just starting off a little bit slowly. So, interesting start to the year. And uh, in our, our situation, we played a really good team in, in the Bunnies round one. I think they're a credit to them. I thought the first half of that game was, was high quality and we, we just weren't able to maintain the necessary standard in that second half. And, and they um, they did. And, and I, I think they're certainly going to be there at the pointy end. Well, Josh, it's not all uh, doom and gloom. The score was 27-18, and you spent majority of the night with the Bunnies. You didn't have Nico Hines. You had Wade Graham in the bin for 10 minutes, and I think you may have been a little bit unlucky with a try in the right-hand corner from a pass that looked very flat rather than called forward. Yeah, I think that try, you know, early doors, you know, when... Sort of going back and forth. As I said, I thought the first half was, was, was super competitive and high quality. You know, Ronnie Militalo drops the ball over the line. Um, as you pointed out, that try in the right-hand corner, um, we, we got clarification from the officials during the week that that should have been um, awarded a try. So there's there's 12 points. And in, in a game against a high-quality uh, opponent like South, every every point does matter. And, and I thought um, in those... At uh, that time of the game, we, we needed, not needed, but certainly some points for the hard work uh, that we were putting in, I thought would have just give us a, a bit of confidence. And, and certainly at home, got, a, got got the crowd behind us. And I just thought a couple of crucial moments. But uh, not as I say, I don't want to take anything away from South. I thought they were, they were really strong coming to our home. It's not the easiest place to play here at Shark Park. Um, they were really consistent for 80 minutes. And we, we walked away with some positives, absolutely. But um, certainly we just feel like uh, that second half we were a little bit too loose for our own liking with, with the football and without the football. And, Josh, I know you sort of can't uh, comment in great depth about uh, certain things uh, that go before the judiciary, but obviously the club felt uh, pretty strongly about Wade Graham in that it uh, took the case to the judiciary. Sort of any reflections or thoughts on uh, on uh, how it ended up and what your thoughts were as to why you took it to the judiciary? Yeah, I think first and foremost, to answer your last question there, we took it to the judiciary because we did see um, enough cause to, to fight the charge. We, we felt like... Um, we it was worth the fight to get the charge downgraded. Um, unfortunately, they saw um, they saw it otherwise. Um, one thing I'll say is I, I think um, Wade Graham's played the game for about 16 years mm. now. That's his uh, second charge in that entire time. And we talk about you know loading is a big part of our game in terms of charges and and, and players accruing loading over the course of the career, and that can. They can make a simple charge even greater because of loading. I feel like the league needs to look at almost reverse loading, if, if that makes sense. If you've been in the league for a long time and you, you're a clean player, and and there was no malice in that that um, that tackle, it was just Wade Graham's played the game the right way for 16 years. He's a tough player, 
Um, if he's on his heels there, that attacker runs clean over him. So he made a decision that, hey, I need to, I need to meet this guy's physical as what he's coming at me. Um, you know, I, I feel like they almost, as I say, needs to be reverse loading. And players like Wade Graham, who's a statesman of our game, um, I feel it's, it's, a, it's a harsh penalty four weeks for a guy that's played the game the right way for 16 years. It's only his second charge in 16 years. We were talking about that yesterday, that we were staggered, you know, in a rugby league career playing in the forwards of, uh, you know, where timing and everything can just be out by an inch and all of a sudden you go high that he had such a clean skin record. And it's an interesting point you make, Josh. So you're thinking about sort of, you know, a player in his position having some credits as opposed to debits and they wouldn't apply, I suppose, for really serious charges, but at a certain charge you can utilise those credits. Yeah, exactly. And I think you could leave it up to the club's discretion if they want to use that. Yeah, uh, reverse loading, so to speak, or those credits, as you put it. As far as tackling techniques go, Josh Wade used the defence. He doesn't really go for the hips anymore because he's mindful of, of you know players getting knocked down. Has that been noticeable for you over the years? Now it used to be, you know, when when we were kids, you know, you go around the legs, but you don't see that as the classic tackle anymore. It is seemed to be around that chest area to wrap up the ball. Yeah, I think it's really situational, and I think for Wade, um, there was a couple of years ago. Um, in 2021, I think it was, where he had a really bad run of head knocks and they were all the result of uh, tackles below the waist. He just kept getting his head in the wrong position. And all it takes as a defender, when you're making a decision to make that tackle against an opponent, is for that attacker to just have a late change of direction, uh, which can catch you off. If your technique is not perfect as as a defender and you drop your head a little bit, Early, and we're talking, you know, fractions of a second here. If you drop your head a fraction early and that attacker <coughs> changes direction at the very last second, you can often catch a, a knee or a hip, and, and that's what was happening with Wade. So, you know, we've worked really hard with him um, over the last couple of years to make sure that um, the concussions weren't going to be an ongoing thing due to the, his tackling technique. So he's worked really hard on, on uh, without getting too technical here, but being a little bit taller in his contact and, um, as you point out, for, for forever and a day we've been, you know, teaching our players to tackle low, and it's still a very effective tackle. Like Blake Braley in our team, he needs to tackle under the waist because of his size. If he tries to go high on, on big opponents, he's just going to get thrown off um, nine times out of ten. So it's very situational, and I think certain players um, do it better than others. But Wade was just finding that whenever he was going low, he was getting his head in a really poor position. So. Um, he's made the change, but unfortunately, in this instance, it's seen him get rubbed out for four weeks. And Josh, obviously, uh, the Dally M Player of the Year, and one of your stars, um, uh, was unavailable last weekend. Still got that uh, calf injury. So, uh, you know, is he getting closer to uh, playing? And was he close to playing this weekend? Yeah, he's, he's definitely getting closer. I think um, with, with his injury, it's... You know, he's, a, he's obviously a valuable asset for us and, and, and um, I think we're, we're, we're being really careful with the injury. I think he, he's running. like He's, he's, he's um, doing plenty of what we call um, rehab running. He's, he's, he's able to run. So it's not that he's not able to run at the moment, but um, there's just enough there for us to be tentative about it. Um, we'd rather err on the side of caution because um, if it the injury that it is and, and where the where the sort of niggle is, if it if it was to, to go bad, it can become a sort of a three-month injury, So, which is obviously what we don't want. So we're erring on the side of caution at the moment. Uh, Nico's, as I say, he's running. He's running really well. He's just not quite 
we don't feel um, quite right. We feel the risk is high enough to, to, to as I say, are on the side of caution at the moment. And I thought Braden Trindley stepped in the other night for him was one of our better players. I, I thought Braden, it's a good opportunity for Braden at the moment. We've got a high opinion of him and we're, we're confident that in Nico's absence, uh, big shoes to fill, but we're confident Braden can do a really good job for us. I'm glad you said that because my next question was going to be, Yes, Nico wasn't there, but Braden was one of your best. I thought, I, I must admit, I hadn't seen too much of him before. I thought he was really good. Yeah, well, he got our Players Player Award, so he, his performance didn't go unnoticed by his peers either. I thought, um, yeah, as I say, massive shoes to fill. But we've, we've, we've got a really high opinion of Braden. He's been in our system here for a, for a few years now. Um, he played a, a number of first-grade games um, in 2021, when I, when I took over as interim, and and I, he's a, he's a real talent, Braden, and at a lot of other clubs, he would probably be the first choice half. So any time he steps up and he gets an opportunity, he never lets the club down. And um, he's he's doing a really good apprenticeship here at the moment under uh, Matt Moylan and Nico. He's learning he's learning off of two of the better halves in the game, and his time will come. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Where he is, uh, steps in and is is the first. One of the first choice halves, week in, week out. He's, he's that good and he's got that, that ability. But, yeah, certainly at the moment, he's, he's stuck behind Matt Moylan and Nico. But when he gets his opportunity, he's never let us down. How do you deal with, uh, you know, speaking to players like that, um, Josh, in terms of keeping them sort of at the club where others may say, geez, there's some roadblocks there ahead of you. Have you thought about moving elsewhere? Yeah, it's a really good point and it's a real challenge in our game um, with how, I guess, fluid the... The, the player transfer market is these days. Um, you know, you, you only have to look as far as Lockie Miller for us. He was stuck here behind Will Kennedy, um, sort of jockeying with Kay Dykes, I guess, is that that second string fullback here. Um, an opposition team looks at our roster and they need a fullback, and mm. we've got a good one who's you know sort of sitting behind a really good one, and and um, you know they the club just basically comes and makes a better offer, and and, and by better offer I mean the promise of week in, week out, mm. first grade football. So that's the challenge is is when other clubs look at what their own need is and they look at other clubs' rosters and, they, and they, they can often find a player in another club's roster that's not getting the week in, week out footy and they they come and present a proposal that's quite attractive to that player Who and that proposal is, you know, the promise of week in, week out, first grade football. So um, we, we've we put a lot of time into a player like Braden. Um we feel like he understands that. We feel like he understands that the apprenticeship he's doing here is, is going to hold him in good stead and that his time will come. And um, He's really happy. He's stated that. He's re-signed. Um, he wants to be here, and I think he wants to be here for the long run. So we're really lucky to have a player of his quality as, as a backup half um, when, when, when needed. Just like the Melbourne Storm did a couple of years ago with Nico Hine before the the, uh, the Sharks came in and took him <laughs> off there to get exactly. him a regular Rings game. Around about, hey. Rings around about. <laughs> now we've got to ask you. We know we know you're a football nufter. You watch all the games of rugby league. At the end of the weekend, did you put your Maroons assistant cap on and thought of sit down and map out a, a squad of say nineteen or twenty something like that? Yeah, well, what, what I will say is um, I, I was really uh, pleased with some of the performances of our. Um, our guys on on the weekend. I thought Daly Cherry Evans for Manly was was outstanding to see a guy. Um, there could be a, a belief out there that Daly's getting and he is getting closer towards the end of his career that his his best years are behind him. But I think you know the way he played, uh, I thought was outstanding and showed that his best is, is still very much um, with him. And I thought 
you know, for Melbourne on 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 the uh, the opening night, I thought Harry Grant and Cameron Munster were outstanding. So, I when those Queenslanders are playing that well, I, I sort of come into work and I give a bit of cheek to the to the rest <laughs> of the blue staff here. Um, so no, there's some really pleasing performances from 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 some regular Queensland contributors. I thought in round one, and um, yeah, hopefully that continues. And we see, it'd be nice to see a couple jump out of the ground too that we don't yet know too much about. It'd be nice to see, just to add to that depth pool that we have, to see a couple of guys um, that aren't necessarily household names at the moment um, put their hand up. Yeah. Well, I've got one for you, and you'll be playing against him tomorrow night in Jermaine Hopgood. He was the yeah. second most. Uh, yeah, made the second most tackles in round one and also had five offloads. I think it was 56 or 57 tackles. He's a young lad, again, couldn't get a regular game at Penrith because he's stuck behind a Sayo. And yep. he's a young man from Harvey Bay and he looks pretty good. No, he's good. I, I coached Jermaine in an in a, a under-18s Queensland side probably four, years, four or five years ago now. And... Um, and he was tough back then, and, and he was a guy that me and uh, Bill spoke about last year in terms of um, the point I just made about a guy that wasn't necessarily on anyone's radar when you were stuck behind some good ones there at Penrith. But he's going to benefit so much from getting regular first-grade football there at Parramatta. We're, we're well aware of the player that he is, um, what he possesses as a player. He, he's, he embodies what we love about Queensland players. He's tough, he's uncompromising, he's a team-first uh, guy, so yeah, I think by the time we get to the Origin series mid-year, um, he's going to be a guy that's um, a lot. A lot of people are going to be familiar with. Yeah, we know you don't want to go zero and two to start the season, so we wish you all the best against Parramatta tomorrow night, Josh. It's always a pleasure catching up with you, mate. Uh, if you had to think Brisbane or North Queensland, who would you think would win this one after the game after you? Yeah, listen, that's going to be a cracker, I think. Going on form, you've got to like what Brisbane did in round one. Um, but, you know, on, on the flip side of that, I'm, I'm certainly sitting on the fence here. The Cowboys had their measure uh, last year. So, listen, in a close one, I'm going to go Brisbane by four. Oh, there you go. Okay. And you must have been impressed with the Dolphins. Yeah, I thought that was nearly the highlight of the weekend, wasn't it? I thought that not just the result, but the manner in which they went about that, um, the, the, the energy, the passion, the physicality. Um, no one gave him a chance. I wish I took the 650, but of course I can't, <laughs> being a coach. But, uh, like, I just thought they were outstanding. And, and yeah, what a, what a great way to finish off the weekend. Uh, always a pleasure, Josh. Good on you, mate. Good luck tomorrow night. We'll chat again soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you.